Hey guys, I'm Teresa Fien Millies, and this is Ninth Arcana, a tarot podcast. Today I present to you the Knight of Swords. I really hate court cards. They suck. The reason that they suck is because nobody likes reading court cards. I read a book, I read part of a book years ago that said the court cards are actually people. They're actual people that exist in your life. I have not been able to shake that sense. It feels like too much pressure to say to someone, there's a tall, intense male presence. Do you know this person? It feels like a psychic asking you if you know someone named John or Mary. It's possible that they just aren't as loud or the energies are more subtle. I don't know. I'm slightly nervous. The night is also commonly referred to as the sun. That's a thing to mention. Different decks have different personifications of the night. It's the same with the daughter and the page and the mother and the queen and the father and you guessed it, the king. Also editing in here to add that the line strider and the holly simple, the two cards that I'm going to mention owls in later, these are both the son of swords. Like S-O-N of swords. It's the third most important court card. It's really hard not to think about the page, the knight, the queen, and the king as ranks. They're called the court cards because they are of the royal court. One of the first places that I found tarot online seven years ago was littleredtarot.com. Little Red Tarot is run by Beth Maiden. It's the first tarot class that I have ever taken. It's a great website. Here's what she says about court cards. Think of these cards as representing different stages. They may be life stages, with the pages as curious children, the knights as gung-ho teens or younger adults, the kings as fully grown, highly skilled adults, and the queens as older and wiser figures who understand life on a deep level. I really like this way of thinking, and I'm going to try to remember it in the future. However, this podcast is about symbolism, so we're going to just talk about what I see in the card. But you can for sure think about the knight as a young person. He's got really stereotypical metalhead energy for sure. The suit is swords. Swords are metal. They are weapons. They cut through to the truth. They represent seeing things clearly in order to make decisions because it's metal, it's reflective, and it's sharp. It's quick-witted. There's no uncutting. There's no flow. There's no feelings. It's just pure knowledge and definitiveness. I want to always mention that I realize that I'm doing a podcast about images and you're only hearing my voice. So please, please, please go to my Instagram and look at these cards. You don't have to follow me if you don't want to follow me, but the cards are there. There's a shot of each one. You can zoom in or you can just look at the album art to get an idea of what I'm referring to. I'm not super sure how effective this is without a card in front of you. And also, disclaimer, cards are meant to be read with other cards. One card pull is much less effective than a three card pull. The cards inform each other. This is a one card journal or a study to pull out the symbolism and integrate new symbolism into me. It's not a reading, it's just an image. Let's see what the night has for us today. As always, we start with the Aquarius Tarot. He looks like he has his mind made up. He is all blue and red 
which is voice and power. Just a little bit of yellow and orange is confidence and creation. He's on a white horse, which means he truly believes his own version of the story. He believes his actions are pure. He is going real fast. <laughs> There's no hesitation. He is doing it. He is all forward motion because he is sure of himself. He is riding to the left. So that's the past. Maybe there's something to recover or to see clearly. If this was a three card, there might be a card to the left, which could signify what he's running towards. There are butterflies on the horse's saddle. Butterflies mean transformation. There's really no stop in the sky. The second deck is the Waitsmith. In this one, he has a long red cloak, something he didn't have in the Aquarius. This means he's cloaked in power. He has been ordained. Someone or some institution has given him some power so he thinks he's important. And that's where he gets his big balls from. He's fully suited up. His helmet isn't down though, so he can see clearly. This makes me think he knows the risks and he's made an educated decision. There are trees in the background that are bending towards the night, which means the wind is blowing towards him and it's pushing him. He's going full speed ahead, even though there is resistance. The horse kind of looks like he's given the knight some side eye, like he isn't totally sure about it, but it's not like the horse has a choice in which way he's going. The horse again is white, which is purity and innocence. It's perceived purity though. And I have to question the purity of this crusade because the horse that represents truth looks kind of unsure about it. The Morgan Greer is different because we're up close. We don't see the whole night. This one's super different. There's no white horse. There's no wind. He's looking to the right instead of the left. He is calm. He is at attention. His sword is blue and red. It's reflecting blue on one side and red on the other. It's like a double-sided coin. Blue is voice and red is power. He's speaking with power, and that is his weapon. He has a shield up over his ears. He's not listening to you. He cannot be reasoned with. You're not going to change his mind. To the right, there's what looks like a tower burning. He is not rushing to help. He just watches it happen. The tower signifies the establishment in the tower card. His eyes are red from the flames. He's really very powerful and has a sword that he's not afraid to use. I really like this card. I feel like this guy went rogue. He isn't under the service of the king anymore. Did he start that fire? <gasps> the mythic tarot. There are two knights. There's two knights on a horse. It looks like a copy, like a duplication. Duality, twins, partnership. They're all in white and silver. The sky is gray and the land is expansive. There's so much room everywhere. This card is screaming air element, which is the element of the sword suit. It's taking action, making decisions onward to the right and into the future. The Wild Unknown is next. We have another owl. The Five of Cups was an owl. What are they trying to tell me about owls? I know that they're wise. I know that they are ready to protect their young. Um, he's ready to swoop in. He has a sword. That's really it for me in this deck. It's just bullet points. I see an owl and I see a sword. Wise swords. And I don't know why. Maybe it's the coloring. If this is a deck that you absolutely love, can you please hit me up and help me understand? 
it's not that I hate it or I, I have any negative feelings towards it. I just don't have really any feelings towards it besides the absolute obvious. And I would love to talk to somebody who sees what this is conveying. Our sixth deck is the Landstrider. This is a circle. This is a picture of the knight and his horse contained within a circle. It looks like a sticker. There's not a lot of cards in the deck that are contained this way, which is interesting. Is he a prisoner? Is he stuck in something? There's really only the colors red and the black and gray from the drawing. And it looks like a battle scene. The horse is reared up and the knight is next to him instead of on top of him, sort of each man for himself. There's so much intensity in this card. This one reminds me of childbirth, honestly. Holly Simple, very much like the Wild Unknown in this image. It's an owl with a sword. The major difference is the owl has a third eye and it's wide open. Even though it's swords, it doesn't mean that there can't be some esoteric knowledge with the worldly knowledge. Like, swords is knowledge and mind. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's real, like, in real life. If it was, then it would be a pentacle, because pentacle is about earth and life and, like, tangible things, right? One of the things I like about this deck is that it brings in the idea of magic and third eyes and esoteric knowledge. So now I'm seeing the owl a little bit differently. And wisdom. Wise is a word that means something more ethereal than simply knowledge or experience. It just wouldn't have emotion attached to it. It's more like understanding and the ability to convey the understanding accurately. This doesn't feel like the angry knights in the other cards. He's coming in to tell you something that you're going to want to listen to. This one is wisdom and truth, but I guess wisdom is a word I haven't used yet in the sword suit. But it does apply. Dictionary.com says the definition of wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise, and the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So yeah, a not hot-headed knight could and should absolutely be wise. Last deck is the beautiful Luna Soul. Here there's an angel in the clouds with his sword high. It looks like a person with wings, so it's an angel. He has a little purple box. This is his esoteric knowledge. Purple always equals magic to me, always. His stance is very similar to the Line Strider's Fool card, which is super interesting. It gives the same vibe of a sense of duty. And he's in the clouds, so he's got his head in the clouds. I think about imagination. This is sort of playing out as a play. He isn't fighting. Maybe he's practicing, like kids play with swords. It makes me think about keeping your mind sharp so that you can be ready when the time comes. I love that this deck is softer. It's much less black and white than the traditional decks. That's it. I did it first court card in the books. Much less painful than I thought. All of these decks together give a very nuanced picture of the night, from single-minded killer to wise and kind seeker of knowledge. In each card, he is ready to defend what he knows right. I think the right is what is being changed. He's not always the aggressor, but he is always the keeper and the defender of truth. I'm leaving this one with a picture of a much more mature knight in my head. How about you? 
What does your Knight of Swords fight for? Let me know on podpage.com, Ninth Arcana Podcast. New episodes on Wednesday and Friday until I run out of the deck and bonus ideas. You can follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Love you. Bye. Ninth Arcana is created, written, produced, and edited by me, Teresa Fien Millies. Thank you for listening.